Hello and welcome to another round of Grape Unfined Unfiltered. In today's episode, we'll be heading south again. Way south, all the way to Chile. What can I say? I like it down there. We'll be talking with Roberto Echeverria from Viña Echeverria about climate change, fires, cool climate varietals, and natural Chardonnay. For those of you that may be unfamiliar with Viña Echeverria, which means new house in Basque, by the way. They were founded in 1930. Today, Vina Echeverria is very much a family affair, with Roberto, the CEO and chief winemaker, working alongside his sisters, Viviana and Paulina, and the youngest of the four siblings, Diego. Okay, let's jump into it. Vamanos! Roberto, welcome to Grape Unfind Unfiltered. How are you doing? Oh, here we are. Very well, thank you. Happy to be connected with you finally. Yeah, so working with this app is a little challenging at the moment, but it's going to get better. Uh, so, how are things in uh, Molina? Well, things in Molina are doing great. We had a great uh, beginning of season, and we already started harvest with some Sauvignon Blanc grapes and some Chardonnay. So after finishing that in one more week, we'll be waiting for another month and starting again with the reds, like Merlot, Cab, and some Cab Franc uh, that we have a little plot there for some of our wines. Typically, when do you actually finish the harvest? Normally, we'll finish by the end of April, a little bit beginning of May, depending on the final weather and the and the last uh kind of um, grow up grow up of uh, maturity if we need some. Mm-hmm. And then we stop normally for two months and then we do the late harvest that we do normally uh, botrytis style in end of June, uh, likely every year, if we have the condition for that one. And how is it looking this year? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, all clean. Whites are doing well, uh, which is good for whites, but not necessarily bad, good for late harvest. But we prefer to have all clean and, and good for uh, the traditional wines. And then if mm-hmm. we have some conditions for late harvest, that'll be, that'll be good too. So how was the, how was the vintage or the, you know, the year in general? The year in general, uh, because of the good spring and the beginning of, of very warm summer, every looked, everything looked kind of very uh, prominent. Uh, but now February got a little colder. So the grapes thought mm-hmm. that they were finished. So they stopped kind of maturing uh, a lot more. Uh, they went a little bit uh, slower. So I guess mm-hmm. we'll have some Sauvignon Blancs with a, a slightly lighter alcohol, which is not bad. Uh, Chardonnay, yeah. for some reason, did mature uh, enough. So we're going to have very nice uh, base for our unwooded Chardonnay and our new natural Chardonnay wine, too. So looking good for that. And the reds, they, they look pretty nice too. So I think it's going to be another another good year for Chilean wines. Oh, so you're not really feeling effects of you know climate change or anything like that? I think the climate change has been bringing more challenging changes, but it, there are changes that in a way either makes everything go one week earlier or one week later or sometimes can be two weeks mm-hmm. or, or some year we had lots of rain like 2016. Besides mm-hmm. that, uh, bes- I, I guess besides making warmer uh, areas warmer, 
And it's outstanding mm-hmm. now more regions are a bit cooler. You know, the coastal regions, regions a little bit more in the south are getting a little bit more balanced wines. So I think in general, everything stays stable um, as for the output of the final harvest that we, we want to have. Hmm, that's good. Oh, and then, uh, so were there, were there any issues with fires this year? I think that was, what, two years ago? Two years ago. Uh, luckily, uh, nothing else uh, this coming years. Uh, there were some oh, fires okay. in the south, but nothing really affected the the vineyard zones. Like, it happened two years ago where it was like a disaster for any grapes that were close to the to the zones of fire. Yeah, I don't think you got, your area wasn't really affected too much, right? No, no, that, that two years, uh, we were very far from every region, and the grapes that we were also getting from other regions of Chile, they also didn't have any any problematic. Um, a lot of people did really got affected, and obviously they lost their, their whole crop because uh, you couldn't yeah, take the hurt. smoke character out of the juice. Mm-hmm. For those uh, listeners who aren't really familiar with uh, where Molina is, in general, where would you tell people Molina is located? Well, it's very easy. Uh, 35 parallel south, which is just in the middle of Chile. Uh, so you cut Chile in half and you'll find Molina. It's in the winemaker's paradise. It's a major area of wine growing areas of Chile. How far from Santiago is that? Uh, two and a half hours driving, uh, 210 kilometers. Oh, that's good. So if you drive really fast, it's even uh, shorter. Yeah, exactly. Or by plane. Yeah. Or using a drone, future drones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the drones. Yeah, we'll get Amazon to uh, deliver me. It'll be easy. Uh, so, yeah, a couple questions uh, regarding a couple of new wines. Well, at least wines that we don't have yet. One is actually the cool climate Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. What is the difference between that Sauvignon Blanc? Actually, I like the label, too. Just, you know, let you know. And the Thank regular Sauvignon Well, first of all, very important, the region. The, our regular... Mm-hmm. Sauvignon Blanc comes from the Curicó uh, region, so a central mm-hmm. central valley, like Parallel mm-hmm. 35. And this cool climate Sauvignon Blanc, we pick up the grapes from the Leda Valley, so that makes it uh, norther and very coastal. And we call it cool because not only because it's a cool wine, you know, for cool people and all that, but also because it comes from the cool breeze of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, that gives a huge character of, of minerals and and a nice kind of vegetable character, but it makes it very fresh, but very distinctive from the traditional Sauvignon Blanc we, we carry. Hmm. So the acids are typically a little higher? Acidity, a little bit higher, but very complex in the mouth. Uh, the aromas are totally different. Uh, I would say more citrus and gooseberry, a little bit vegetable, some uh, asparagus kind of feel. Very different. So a little more New Zealand. Yeah. A little more New Zealand. Yeah. I would say it's like a little New Zealand style, uh, I guess, in the old, old, old times, maybe the Pacific Ocean connects the same breeze and carries a little bit of the New Zealand style to the uh, Chilean coast. Same ocean. Hmm. Exactly. Same ocean, just uh, the other side of the (laughs) trade wind. A little bit far. Are there any other. uh, varietals under the cool climate label at the moment? Uh, no, this was our first one, uh, but we're working on uh, some Chardonnay and some Pinot Noir and some Syrah coming from a very cool climate region, a little bit south of, of Leida, closer to where we are. It's a new region. It's called Litueche, and we're launching for the mm-hmm. Canadian market at the moment. 
some of those regions, which are, which I hope will be also very, very cool in the character of the, of the style. They're a little bit more mineral than the Leda. Leda is very expressive. Uh, the other ones we're doing a little bit south, a little bit more mineral, but also very coastal character. Hmm. Well, that sounds very, uh, very interesting. I'm uh, looking forward yeah, no, to it. Great. I don't know why. We need to order yeah. that. <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> no, but the, the, exactly. the, it's a trend. You know, in Chile, uh, all the new regions that have been kind of uh, being discovered uh, before for decades was Central Valley. Then we went to the Andes. And the last five or eight years, Chile has really started developing and planting vineyards, very coastal, very near the ocean. And with a profile of aromas and flavor and texture much different to the Central Valley and to the warmer areas of the Andes. So I guess it opens again mm-hmm. the perspective of Chilean wine for, for every, everybody. I mean, it sounds like a really interesting trend uh, that's going on in general in Chile, yeah. which is great. Yeah, you know? it, it, uh, it opens a type of wines for the customers. Call. Exactly. Well, and that takes us to our next topic, natural wines. So yeah, Angelo was down. But in January, yeah. I saw a video of him with Victor, yeah. and they were trying some natural Chardonnay out of a tank. So what's yeah. uh, what's the story with the natural wines? Well, that's a beautiful story, I would say. Uh, it all started maybe two years ago with my Canadian and New York importer when they were in the, in the cellar, in the winery. And we were tasting some Chardonnay mm-hmm. um, wine that was just kind of finished, the fermentation. Some of them had a little malolactic, so they were very creamy, but very full body rich. And as they were in the tank, they were not filtered. They didn't have any treatment and no stabilization. And they were just mesmerized with the flavor and the texture. And they said, hey, Roberto, come on, we got to bottle this wine just as, as it is, send it to the States and, and drink it fast. And I said, well, I know all my wines are more traditional. Uh, doing a natural wine is a bit kind of uh, risky and uh, I'm not sure. But well, it took me a year to make a trial, uh, see that during the whole year, the wine was in perfect conditions. Uh, so 2018, we did the same. We offered it again to some, the same customers said, Hey, we're, it's now going real. So you really want it? And they all said, yeah, we're waiting for it. So I made a sample, sent it to them, traveled with the bottle, showed it in, in New York, showed it in Rochester, British Columbia, Canada, Ottawa, Montreal and Toronto. And they was all thumbs up. Uh, then I took it to Japan, yeah. Tokyo, yeah. and for surprise, they loved it too. So then I bottled the 3,000 liters I did, and we mm-hmm. are kind of uh, leaving a couple of cases, well, a couple of, I think, 50 or 80 cases for, for you guys. So they're, they're waiting to, to be to your side. Uh, the rest is, has gone to Canada, uh, New York, and uh, Japan. So it was a good success. And how we did it? Very naturally. Reading a little bit and trying to understand from the French and from the the Basque people and some trends in America and and Canada, we did nothing to it. So it's a uh, easy wine, no filtering, no stabilization. The back label is really says what to do. Shake it a little bit, you'll find some sediments, you'll find some blurriness, but the flavor is is rich, is in, is intense. It's not um, kind of with uh, awkward aromas. It's just like drinking a wine from the tank after it's finished its fermentation and before it's bottled. Obviously, it needs to be drink, drunk uh, not way too long because obviously it has no added sulfites at any stage of the process. Uh, so we just expect the wine to arrive to the market, get to the 
customers that like this truly uh, straightforward wines and not keep it in the shelf, keep it in, keep it an empty bottle, I guess. Drink it, drink it fast. Enjoy exactly. it fast. Well, Angela was really excited about it, and uh, I'm excited about it too. Send it on up. Yeah, excellent. That's what we all hope to get it, get it there soon. What's it, what's it called? Well, it's called Noes Pituco. And when you read the mm-hmm. label, no es pituco in Spanish means it ain't fancy. So basically, we want all of our final consumers to just get the bottle, see this kind of different label, has nothing to do with our Cheveria brand. And it's not fancy. If you mm-hmm. want something fancy, have the Chardonnay and Wooded or the Sauvignon Blanc Grand Reserva or Merlot Grand Reserva. But if you want something different, something true, something authentic, this is the right wine to to be drinking. To be honest, this this is a Chardonnay that I drink now every day with my wife here at home. We all every day we have a bottle. Oh, really? We we keep it in the fridge and even if it's natural, no oh. sulfites, the bottle can last three, four, five days and with no no evolution at all. So I'm very very happy with the with the outcome of the with the wine so far. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Or do you have plans to, to try any other wines? Yeah, well, for this year, we're, we're going to do again the Chardonnay, and we're doing the Cap Franc. So uh, the Chardonnay is going to have his brother. Cap Franc is going to also be in the market, I guess. Uh, it's an earlier wine, so it's not going to have too much extraction of tannins. We want something fresh, uh, something easy drinking, wild yeast ferment, and hopefully early second semester should be also in a bottle. So... We're oh, very cool. excited with it too. Oh, that sounds really cool. Are you gonna sh- are you gonna take some samples to Provo? Uh, yeah, we have them there. The Chardonnay is is there. Probably is waiting already because I'm gonna go and open the booth on Saturday morning. So uh, the bottles are gonna be like uh, happy to see Daddy there. Like, hey, yeah, you come here finally. Thank you. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, finally. Finally. So no, very excited. A lot of our customers oh, of Europe cool. are also very excited to taste it and and see it because I guess after 25 years doing our very traditional label, very traditional blends, uh, this is something very, very new for us. So uh, exciting also for our customers. Are you seeing uh, other producers in the region uh, making some natural type wines? Or Well, a lot of uh, small producers in Chile, you know, in the uh, Pais region, you know, the, the old traditional Chilean uh, grapes, uh, they're doing a lot of ventures, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, production. I would say a lot of production, meaning not a big production per per producer, but a lot of little producers uh, are doing it. They're trying, but not on a on a export scale. Uh, there are smaller wineries, uh, mm-hmm. very independent uh, winemakers, uh, which is kind of also showing a little trend of Chilean uh, winemaking. Like we can be small too and do something uh, as natural as possible. I mean, I think it's you know it's a good thing and it's necessary for you know the Chilean industry in general you know to be a little more forward thinking, up to you know available yeah. to making some changes. You know, it's a tough worldwide market out there. Yeah, I think oh, that's agree. a good thing for Chile. The same, exactly. Well, that's great. Well, uh, Roberto, oh, I think that's you. it for the moment. Thanks a lot for uh, joining me, and hopefully. Next time we use this, uh, this app, it will be much more experience. So don't, don't worry about that, John. <laughs> Sounds good. Have a good time in Provine, and we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye. All right. So thanks again for listening. And if you haven't checked out our Instagram feed, definitely get on over there and check it out. There's a lot of fun and interesting photos of characters around the wine world. And definitely stay tuned for the next episode 
which will most likely take us south again. I'm not going to say where exactly, but it's definitely going to be south of the border. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.